Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. All right. I want to welcome all of our podcast listeners and global trade readers to another one of our special GT podcasts. Today, I think you're really going to appreciate the show. We're going to cover a topic that everyone in the logistics industry will be interested in. We're going to talk about regulatory changes that are on the horizon. We're going to talk about what types of red flags you should be on the lookout for within the supply chain providers in your industry. And what reasons or criteria can you use to help choose a single logistics provider? We've searched all across the country, and we have a special guest today. His name's Matt Parrott from Derringer. Matt is the Director of Transportation and acts as the District Manager for two of Terringer's key air and vessel facilities, Atlanta and New York. Matt's been with Derringer for more than 20 years and is someone we feel can shed some valuable insight on today's topic. Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me here today. It's, it's an honor to be here and, and to talk to some of your, uh, some of your valued readers. No, that's great. We, uh, we really appreciate you taking out your time. But why don't we start off? Why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about your background and your areas of expertise. I see you're an official licensed U.S. customs broker. You're a certified customs specialist. You've got a lot of pedigree behind you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, thank you. I do. I have been licensed since 1996. Um, I've been with A.N. Derringer since 1993 in a, a variety of different roles. Um, I've been in uh, management positions since um, 1996 as well in a varying degrees of responsibility through uh, assistant branch manager, branch managers in various offices, up through regional manager, district manager, and now a director of transportation while still maintaining some operational responsibilities for those two offices you listed earlier. So I've uh, been around the block a couple times with Daringer. That's great. So let's dive right into some of our topic because today's economy with technology, with, with just the way things are happening, it's always changing. And we always like to spot trends and kind of think forward and say, what are some of the trends and the ways that we can jump on? What are some of the transportation trends that you see or that we might see in 2018? So that's a great question. And as I look back to to 2017 and forward through 2018, and I think about what happened in 2017, one, one trend that remains the same is, is uncertainty. There was a lot of uncertainty last year. In 2016, Hanjin went bankrupt and really shook up the entire ocean shipping world. It was, a, it was a major problem. They were the seventh largest carrier, and there's still uncertainty because no one beats the law of supply and demand. And right now on the ocean freight market, there is still more supply than there is demand. There's a little bit less to the uh, on the Trans-Pacific market to the U.S. East Coast all water service, but on the West Coast, it's they're still not filling the ships all the time. So that that uncertainty, along with the the changes and the mergers of the Ocean Alliance, are the are the two biggest trends we saw last year. And moving forward, I think we're going to see 
a similar year to 2017 where ocean freight pricing is fairly stable on the spot market. We're just getting geared up to start the uh, BCO fixed rate market and the NVO fixed rate market, which will really start at the Trans-Pacific Maritime Conference that will that'll be in March. So that's the biggest thing that I see coming up. There's a lot of congestion right now leading up to Chinese New Year, and there'll be some blank sailings after that, but that's typical of every year. So so if I'm a listener and, I, and I'm hearing about this trend and whatnot, how can I, what's one way I can maybe take advantage of that trend? So what you want to do is really stay in touch with what the spot market is. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can talk to a, a freight forwarder that you know and you trust and you, you know, believe, and they'll tell you what the spot market is. And, and typically that can change, you know, on the 1st, the 15th, and the 1st, and the 15th. And sometimes it changes more rapidly than that based on volume. So that, that's the easiest way to do it. You can also follow it um, online on the, on the Shanghai uh, Freight Index pretty easily. Uh, those spot rates are generally a little higher than the actual spot market, but it's also a good way to, to test, you know, what different forwarders are telling you with a base rate. Okay, that's great. That's the easiest way to do it. Awesome. So talking about changes, you know, regulations are, are something you got to always keep your hands and eyes on uh, as they relate to your company or, or whatnot. What are some of the regulatory changes that you see coming up on the horizon? So the biggest regulatory change that took place in 2017 was the passage of TEFTIA, the Trade Facilitation and Trade Enforcement Act, on the customs front. And though facilitation comes first, you can be sure that it's all about enforcement. The act is about giving ways for customs to be able to enforce uh, some already existing acts, and in particular, to pay more close attention to anti-dumping duty and countervailing duty. Both of those things are, could be very punitive to your listeners if they are not uh, fully aware of, of their goods having anti-dumping duty or countervailing duty. Sometimes that punitive duty can be as high as two, three, four hundred percent of their invoice value, um, which is, uh, if you're not planning on that, it's going to be very, very difficult to make a profit on your goods if you're importing them. Also within uh, TEFTIA is a lot of information on forced labor. They're really enforcing that. There's a lot of information going around the world that in parts of the world, specifically around North Korea, that they think that forced labor camps are being used and worked. And if that happens, your goods are going to be either seized or, you know, at least highly looked at and delayed. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's really scary. And a lot of that is making sure that you know who you're doing business with overseas, making sure you are well aware of your suppliers and you vet them making sure you're well aware of people like me, freight forwarders and customs brokers, and make sure you can trust them and you know who you're working with. So the, the TEFTIA is, is really, and, and pardon me, brokers and forwarders speak in, in, in uh, acronyms, so pardon me, I'll try not to do that to, so we don't <laughs> but uh, we do speak that way. So TEFTIA is really the biggest thing, and it, and it really, people need to start paying attention to their customs compliance and their, and their freight compliance because the way of the future is going to be compliance. And with you know tax levies dwindling, customs is going to find other ways to fund themselves. They're a self-funded organization, and they're going to find money. And the way they're going to find that money will be with enforcement. Understood. Well, you know that's kind of a nice segue. You know, you were talking about you have to be careful of who you're working with. So, what are I mean? What are some red flags that customers should be on the lookout for when it comes to choosing and handing over the responsibilities of their supply chain? So. Really, as a customs broker and as a freight forwarder, and particularly as a customs broker, we want to know the people we're doing business with. 
Customs has made it clear that it is an expectation for the broker to know their customers. You can't just, you know, the days of getting a phone call from somebody and the broker being, oh, wow, I got this new business. This is great. We really need to vet our customers. So we do that. And, and the customers really should be vetting all of us. You know, there's a lot of people out in the world that do what we do. Um, there's a lot of forwarders. There's a lot of brokers. We welcome our customers asking us questions. We want them to get to know us. The more we can learn about our customers and they can learn about us, we think that leads to a more intimate relationship so that we understand what they want and what they can do. So really, there should be a list of questions that you ask your, your broker and your forwarder. And one of the first things you should start with is talking about the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. It's an act that's been around since 1977, and it's been more enforced in the last 10 years than it was in the previous 30. So if you talk to your freight forwarder, your broker, and you ask them about the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and they say, what? It's probably not somebody you want to do business with. Uh, you can get in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, the United States likes to be extraterritorial with our laws. So that goes overseas, and if the, you know, it has a lot to do with bribery, and I won't get into specifics of it. But you, as, a, as an importer, if your, your forwarder or your broker does something overseas representing you that is less than honest, it can get you into trouble. So, so the response, I was going to say, so the responsibility is really on you. Uh, you can't just use the excuse we didn't know. That will not work at all. Good. That will not work at all. Very important. It is, yes, for sure. So after that, I really think that there shouldn't be correspondence that is all uh, email or phone calls. I think you really need to meet your broker or your forwarder. Sometimes that may not be possible, but, I mean, you can with the technology today, everybody has either a an iPhone or, or Skype, so you can, you know, make sure that this person exists, right? Because you don't, exactly. want, you don't want them to be doing business with it out of a payphone and or a desk. I know there's not many payphones left, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Yep, absolutely. Well, be real. And one other thing I want to mention is there's a ton of identity theft, and people think it's stealing your personal identity, but what is really rampant nowadays is importer of records having their identity stolen and people using their identity to import goods into the United States. Think about knockoff handbags or knockoff Nikes or, or any of those goods that, you know, you can see up and down the streets of major cities that are being sold. All those get in the country somehow, and identity theft is rampant. So that's something that importers should really be looking into. Very interesting. So, so one of the topics we always hear or one of the things our listeners and our readers, I'm sure a lot of other people out there, there's such a variety of different types of companies that you can go through for all the different areas of the logistics. And so one might want to find a single provider that can handle multiple logistics in the chain. What would you say are, are there reasons why companies may want to choose one provider over multiple providers? Well, I, I think that that decision really comes down to what's best for that customer, but the advantage of having a single provider, assuming that that single provider can meet your needs, is that you have a, a one-stop shop, and, you know, and everybody says that. But if you have a provider that can meet your needs on both the forwarding and the customs front, then you're really ahead of the game because the wave of the future is information. And the broker forwarder that can provide the most information to their customers is going to be the one who wins in the next 10 years because we really are in the information age and people want it quicker, faster, cheaper. And we have to really drive all the labor out of all of this and be able to move goods in the most expedient fashion possible and get information to a variety of different people now in a very quick fashion. Just think about a shipment that is 
coming in from China that was bought by somebody in Texas, but it's going to somebody in California to go to an Amazon shop to be then shipped immediately to somebody who bought it in Kansas or something like that. I know that's a bit of an odd situation, but stuff like that happens all the time. So all of those people in that supply chain need information and they need it in a fashion that they want to receive it. Right. So it's getting, uh, it's getting really hot and it's getting really quick. And, and that data needs to be moving faster than the freight in most instances. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about Derringer. Tell me about your company and, and how you guys provide solutions and what type of solution you provide. So Ann Derringer is going to be 100 years old next year, which is something we're really proud of. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. It's uh, really hard to, to get that old in, in today's world. And we're still a privately held organization, which is even more surprising that we're so old. We are a full-service logistics provider. We provide full-service freight forwarding, full-service custom house brokerage and consulting, along with warehousing and distribution and even uh, some meat inspection facilities. So we are a one-stop shop for many customers. That's great. Well, Matt, you've provided us a lot of great topics to think about and some very valuable information that and I hope um, we can take to our day-to-day lives and to our tasks and, and making our jobs easier. And I want to thank you for, for taking out the time today to spend time with us and our readers. I know they appreciate it, and we always appreciate you guys for being able to provide us such great information. Well, I was happy to be here, and I was happy to join you. Thanks for setting it up, and and have a great day. You too. Take care. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google.